Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. When I was in law school at Harvard, Warren Buffett came to speak to my tax class because he was friends with my tax professor. He talked for about 45 minutes, and as you would expect, he spent most of the time talking about the market and investing and his experiences. But along the way, he also gave us some life advice. One thing in particular he said really struck me at the time and has always stayed with me. Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world, net worth $72 billion, looked out at this classroom of third-year Harvard Law students, people who had, by definition, had significant academic success and were poised to go out in the world and have professional success. He looked at us and said, don't be too impressed with yourselves. He said, I know that I happen to have a skill that's valued in the time and place where I live. But if I'd been born at a different time or in a different place, it would be meaningless. And the same is true of you. Your skills as a lawyer are valued in the time and place where you live. But you should always appreciate that a lot of that is luck. Don't be too impressed with yourselves because right now someone just as smart as you is dying on the street somewhere. I was really impressed Warren Buffett said that. I was really impressed Warren Buffett got that. And as I've looked back on it over the years, I've realized why the comments resonated with me so much. I grew up in a small town in New Mexico. Now, when I say that, <laughs> when I say that, I do not mean a quaint little town with art galleries and organic Mexican food and celebrity ranches. <laughs> I didn't grow up in Taos, New Mexico, or anywhere like it. I grew up in Roswell, New Mexico. Now, New Mexico is roughly a square, and if you divide it into quarters, Roswell's in the center of the bottom right quarter. It's about 200 miles from a lot of places, Albuquerque, Santa Fe, El Paso, Amarillo. Being 200 miles from a lot of places basically means there's 199 miles of nothing around you. <laughs> There are some small towns, but it's, it's pretty isolated. Roswell is flat as a pancake. Main Street runs down the middle like a spine. It starts at the Super Walmart on the north, and it ends at the old Air Force Base on the south that closed in 1967. There's no major industry there, which the economy reflects. 48,000 people live there. That's how many people lived there 20 years ago. That's how many people live there now. And I suspect that's how many people will live there in 20 years. Not a lot of people come and go from Roswell. Now, if as I'm talking, you are thinking about aliens, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is that Roswell. <laughs> no, my story is not about aliens, and no, I don't really have an opinion on aliens, but yes, it is that Roswell. I'm 40 years old. I have lived 30 years of my life in big cities from the West Coast to the East Coast. I lived in Roswell for 10 years, from the time I was 10 until I was 20. So I've spent more of my life in other places than I have in Roswell. But growing up in Roswell had a fundamental impact on my worldview. Some combination of the size of the town, its isolation, its economics, 
whatever combined such that it gave me experiences up close that I just didn't have anywhere else that I've ever lived and that most of the people I know weren't exposed to those things, the people I know now. It made things that I think might have been more conceptual to me otherwise, like poverty, violence, lack of opportunity, and it made them really real. Now, you should know that I really liked Roswell. I enjoyed growing up there, and I'm quite fond of it. But for all the good things about Roswell, this is the reality of growing up in Roswell, too. When I started high school, there were about 400 kids in my freshman class. By the time we graduated, there were half that, and only a small number went on to college, and a really small number left the state to go to college. I was the only National Merit Scholar in the entire town the year I graduated. And our high school valedictorian was the first person in his entire family to graduate from high school and go on to college. I looked at some statistics recently to see how they meshed with my own experiences. If you are a girl living in Roswell, there's a 40% chance that you will get pregnant before you turn 20. At the same time, among all high school students, only 34% are proficient in reading, which literally means that there is a better chance you will get pregnant in high school than learn to read well. There was also a lot of violence. There was the everyday violence, if you will, spousal abuse, child abuse, school fights, the things that exist everywhere and are maybe a little closer to the surface in some places. There was also some pretty big violence. And to make you understand what I mean, I'm gonna give you seven examples of things that I remember happening in about a three-year period just involving people I knew. As a senior, I interned at the New Mexico Public Defender's Office, where the primary case I worked on was a woman who had killed her abusive husband at the bar up the street from my house. She was convicted, and she hung herself two days later in her jail cell. That was my first exposure to the law. My friend, when she was 16, was away from home one night when her father brutally murdered her mother and each of her five younger siblings, leaving only her and her older sister, who I also knew, who at 18 had recently gotten married and moved out of the house. A guy I knew accidentally blew himself up, making a bomb as a hobby Another guy had been an alcoholic since he was nine, and at 17, shot and killed a boy down the street over a fight about a girl. He was drunk at the time, and literally has no memory of the crime that he went to jail for life for. I was in a park once with about five kids, and one of them, for some reason, started picking on these two other teenagers that were in the park. They were visibly gay, which was not very common in Roswell at that time. And the next thing we knew, he had grabbed a crowbar out of his van and took off running after one of them. Thank God that kid was fast. A classmate got annoyed listening to someone honk their horn for their girlfriend to come out of a party. So he and a buddy went out, started a fight, and kicked him to death. He went to jail, where he died the next year. And two 20-year-old guys dressed as police officers walked into Roswell High School at the other end of town where my mom worked, took a kid out of his English class, 
and killed him, again over a fight about a girl. They hadn't thought to stop, no one at the school had thought to stop them to check their papers or their badges because cops were in the school every day to get some kid. I think when I tell people about growing up in Roswell, which I don't very often, but when I tell people about growing up in Roswell, I think there's a certain tendency to react that I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, that I overcame Roswell by virtue of my own strength of character or smarts or motivation. But I don't think so. I am with Warren Buffett on this one. I think that I was an anomaly because my expectations were different. And my expectations were different because the expectations of the people closest to me were different. I had lived in California for 10 years before I moved to Roswell. And I came from a very educated family. I was raised by my mother and my grandmother. And everyone on that side of the family had pretty much gone to college and often grad school going back 100 years. I'm the first lawyer in my family, but I have a long line of teachers and chiropractors and veterinarians behind me. My mother had instilled into me from birth that I would go to college to the point that I never even thought to question it. My older cousin was constantly telling me I had to go to the best school I could. And my grandmother was the reason I applied to Harvard. I didn't want to. I thought it sounded pretentious and I didn't think I'd get in anyway, but she wanted me to and so I did it to make her happy. Contrast that to my AP English teacher who told our entire class senior year during a fire drill that it was pompous to go out of state for college because there was no education you could need that you could not get at University of New Mexico. Or when I went to my guidance counselor's office to tell her I'd picked a college to go to in Boston and her secretary told me that if I did that I'd be back in two weeks because I would get too lonely. I didn't go back, actually. I went to college and law school, and I ended up here in Portland. I've had a good life. I've had many opportunities, many good experiences. There is no violence in my life. But I know that things are really different for a lot of people. I don't think Roswell is that unusual. I think there are a lot of places where people grow up with low expectations, a narrow worldview. Not so much the poverty of things, but a poverty of mind, of vision. I will always remember talking to another kid when I was 17, I was giving him some idealistic pep talk about why he should try to go to college. And I asked him, what do you wanna do when you're 25? What do you think you'll be doing? And he looked right at me and said, I'll be dead by 25. He wasn't, but talk about a point of view that will limit your expectations. So here's the challenge. I have two little kids now, the oldest in first grade. I'm a lawyer. I live in Lake Oswego, a very white suburb in a very white state with a high median income. The point of view from Lake Oswego is a lot different than the point of view from Roswell, but it's narrow in its own right. I want my kids to have perspective. I want my kids to have real empathy for other people. I want them to know that they are smart and capable and wonderful 
but that they are also really damn lucky in a lot of ways. Of course, as their mother, I also want to protect them, keep them safe, give them every opportunity, shield them from the bad things. So how do I teach them what I learned from Roswell? Can it be taught? Does it have to be lived, experienced? I'm not sure, I'm still working on it. I'll let you know what I come up with. In the meantime, I hope that each of us can try to appreciate our own advantages, our own good luck, that we don't judge too harshly people whose circumstances may be very different than our own, and that we all try to not be too impressed with ourselves. <laughs>